Hello, you're listening to Always a Critic. My name is Alice Fitzgerald and with me I have my co-host Megan Morgrill and today we will be reviewing Yoma at the Young Vip. Uh, yep, so yep. directed by Simon Stone. Yes, adapted um, by Simon Stone as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the original was Go written Simon. by Federico Garcia Lorca, yes. who was a Spanish playwright. Um, early 1900s. Yeah. Um, and Yerma, which was originally um, written in 1934, and it was performed that same year. Oh, oh look <laughs> at you with that knowledge. <laughs> Yeah, so 1934 um, was the original, but it has been, um, when Simon Stone adapted it, he um, updated it to, like, modern times. Yeah. Modern day London, The actually. power of adaptation. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about... Oh, like, God. This one's... No, we should, before we start, we should really just warn people. We're both so tired. This one's just going to be... A mess, I think. Yeah. It's think, taken yeah. us like an hour to even get the studio set up. Has it been about an hour? We don't need to tell them that. <laughs> like, oh. we, were, <laughs> well, we were having some technical difficulties. It's fine. Cuts out of the bag. <laughs> we're, we're in the midst of dissertation time. Um, regardless, um, I, I do think that this is a show that will spark some very interesting conversations. Oh, no, I'm excited to talk about it this show, is, for sure. Yeah, so, like, the original, and obviously the adaptation, is essentially um, about a woman who is so desperate to have a child that she sort of does the unthinkable um, in her pursuit. Um, mm. She kind yeah. of loses her mind, I, I, I yeah. think it, it's fair to say. Yeah, she kind of goes a little crazy, and that's in the, and that's, um, in the original as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this sort of pursuit of... Um, having a child has sort of expanded years. I think in the adaptation, like almost a decade, yeah. um, it's, it's been sort of going on. Um, and so the original sort of deals with, you know, the societal pressure of having a child, um, of that being the woman's role mm-hmm. to have children um, and to be a homemaker and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, so in the original, that's sort of the reason that she she ends up kind of um, cracking under the pressure of having because a child. Because she can't have one. And that's what's expected her of her husband, in that society. Yeah, yeah, and her husband doesn't necessarily want one, but where does she lie if if that is kind of like what a woman's purpose is supposed to be, and, yeah. and specifically in the early 1900s? Um, Absolutely. And, um, and so, but, but then when, when he updated it, and I think this is uh, really clever, is, is Simon Stone... Um, made it very clear that it was it was much more of an internal longing mm. um, on Yerma's behalf. It was something that she personally realised that she really wanted in life. And 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 it started to become as as she as the play went on and as it became increasingly clear that it wasn't gonna be easy to have a child for her. Um, you know, she doesn't get pregnant right away and then we see this sort of progression of eventually she starts IVF and that's not working either and there's sort of um, these series of like steps, I guess you could you could say, and and you can sort of see her desperation mm. get stronger and stronger. And actually, uh, what I think is really clever about this production is it was kind of almost um, that external pressure was almost flipped on its head, mm. in that the the society, um, like her husband and her friends and her family, almost couldn't understand why she wanted a child so badly, and found mm. found that really um, strange, I guess, in this contemporary world. Um, where you have like this, I, I think that it's a very sort of topical discussion of like, for women today, it's almost like you have to choose between having children mm-hmm. and a career. Mm-hmm. And those things for some reason sometimes seem like in, irreconcilable. Like you yeah. can't necessarily have both. For some reason you have to choose. <laughs> and then eventually, so ultimately like, what seems to happen is that you have like a lot of young, a lot of young women 
will choose career. And, and and they make it clear that she her the character of Yuma has yeah. quite a successful career. She's mm-hmm. like she's like senior editor at a magazine or yeah. a newspaper or something. Yeah. So she's they they say it several times that she's doing really well in her career and I think that they that makes it really explicit that people are sort of like, oh, but why would you, why do you want kids that badly if your career is going so well? And there's, and I don't know, at least with some of the conversations I've had with some of my friends who are in their 30s or Mm -hmm. their mid-30s and they do have like pretty successful careers. And then they like, like, yeah, I do want children, but then your biological clock is ticking. So you feel Mm -hmm. like there is like, there's only a certain window of like when you can actually have children I thought that was clever too because in this play um, they make it clear in like the opening scene where she says to her husband, I I want us to try and have a baby. Mm. I think she says she's She's 32, 33. 33. So I I thought that was really clever because um, as the play goes on, they they have, um, so they had these screens up at the top of the stage that said... um, you know, like one year later, two year later, and, and also a couple um, months said later. it said a couple. Yeah, sometimes it was like a day later, mm-hmm. or it, it sort of changed around a lot. But I thought that was really clever because they made it really clear at the beginning. Okay, she's thirty three, so um, she yeah, she wants to try and start having kids now because that's probably the best time for her to start having kids. And then so as you see these years tick by, sometimes it's like two years later or three. You are years also later. feeling the pressure. Yeah. Like, oh my god, she's literally running out of time. Absolutely. To have to like have her own child um and it was interesting i think as a woman watching that this show kind of experiencing that um and also like as i don't know about you alice but like i definitely want children someday not necessarily yeah. like to birth them myself but i'd like why did you say it like that know. that's so gross <laughs> whatever i want to apologize to everyone listening <laughs> i don't apologize um oh my god <laughs> but but I think as a woman, there's um, watching on stage, not only you're seeing like the years tick by and you're like, oh man, the time is running out for her to, her body to literally be able to like have the capability to do this, Mm -hmm. but also sort of like the frustration where you can tell that like the husband isn't completely in it to win it from the get-go. And and I think, I think they make it, they make it clear that he, he, he's not against the idea, but he is much more... I, I felt it seemed pretty clear that he was doing it for her. Yeah. Not because yeah, he necessarily exactly. wanted a child of his own. Exactly. But also still how frustrating that is. Like, if you feel like you're the only person who really... And she says that near the end, which I feel yeah. like I was like, I re- I'm the one who really... Loves I thought that... Should we, should we talk uh, about that later? Because yeah, that was, that was yeah. at the closing scene. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. was... Actually, no, we haven't even said yet. Did you, did you like it? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. I, I would say... It's it's at least in my top three shows that I've seen this year, or it's mm. like, I think, I think it's my favorite show that I've seen this year, or rather, it's tied with maybe Hamlet or Killology that I saw. I don't know, like it's mm. it, I really, really enjoyed this show, and I honestly didn't know if I if I was going to. Oh, how so? Or rather, I knew I was. Because I, everyone has been like, Billy Piper is the most amazing thing that I've ever seen. And I'm like, I believe it. Um, but the actual subject matter, I wasn't sure that I would be completely... Um, I don't know. Like, I, it just wasn't um, something that I thought I would be particularly interested in. Yeah, not because enough. Not because of any particular reason. I just, it wasn't a show that I was like, ah, yes. Well, I mean, there's something to be said for, you know, you and I both in our early 20s, so... You know, we can like we can sort of think about wanting kids, but it's not kind of at the forefront of yeah. our minds. So I guess maybe it's just sort of a thing of like, oh, that's. It seems more kind of far away, I think, mm-hmm. for us than maybe someone in their thirties mm-hmm. watching it. Although I will say, yeah, conceptually, when I was going in, I thought that seemed far away. Watching it, oh my god, it was did, did not seem far away. I was not like, oh all. my god, this is. T- terrifying to so, watch yeah that was actually and um, it was actually it's easily i think the scariest play that i think mm-hmm. i've ever seen which is so interesting because like the the plot itself is not scary it's like it's i mean it's it's heartbreaking and it's, yeah. and it's visceral and it but like i mean i literally oh they won't be able to see it but imagine listeners if you will me like holding my hands over my mouth and like shock <laughs> because I in the last couple scenes 
that I was making that gesture. Yeah, no, so was I. I was, like, completely kind of petrified because you kind of, um, it, it, the play, you know, ultimately, I feel like this is not a spoiler because you know it almost immediately. There's so many little, like. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll just say spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. There's so many references to suicide throughout the entire thing. Yeah. So many, not just from her, from like almost every single character. There's like, uh, it, whether it's as a joke mm-hmm. or a passing thought or contemplation of it. Mm-hmm. And so you know that's how it's going to end. And I just was like scared the entire time. I was like, oh no, when's it coming? Oh no. You know what's oh, interesting? No. I I thought she might kill herself, but I also thought she might kill her husband, which it did mm. for a second seem like she was going to in the final scene. And... <laughs> Which she does do in the she original. She does do in the original play. So, um, I, I actually, I, I didn't pick up on all the suicide hints, I must admit. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, it was so blatant to me. I was oh, like. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, man. Because I thought, I thought there was a real chance she would, she would kill him. No, see, I didn't get that. Yeah, I did. I didn't think for, and that's why I think when she kind of, she kind of pulls a knife out at the very end, I was like, yeah, oh. spoiler, she pulls a knife on him in the last um, scene. But I, I totally, I didn't. That's when that that part was very shocking for me because I was like, oh, it was oh. still shocking. It was, but I didn't think yeah. throughout the entire thing, oh, she might kill her husband. I, was I just like, thought it was oh, a possibility. No. I th- I I think I just thought this is gonna end really badly and really violently, and I'm yeah. not sure exactly how, but you just felt that from the it very beginning. To. It was palpable in this show that 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 it this was only gonna get get. I felt that it was it. You were watching it and just thinking. This is only gonna get, get worse, worse, and, and worse, it did. And, and I'm by worse. the way, you haven't asked me if I liked it yet. Oh, and I've been waiting very patiently. Alice, you looked so annoyed at me. Alice, yes, did Megan, did you like the show? I loved it so much because I didn't get that before. <laughs> really wasn't. I, I just wanted to say it. I wanted to explicitly say it. I yeah, yeah I um, loved it as well. And this, we should point out that this show has been like critically acclaimed. It's we're we're, we're sort of late to the bandwagon because yeah. this is its this is its return season at the Young mm-hmm. Vic. We should also say it played last year and it was a sellout show. And Billy Piper won an Olivier Award for best award for best actress. Deserved it. Oh yeah, she deserved, deserved it. it. Um, so this show is like really big. And when when tickets came out for this year's run, mm. they sold out in like a few hours. It was crazy. Yeah. Which is important to know. Okay, so they have. I just want to like, I and because we're sort of late to the game, I feel like people are like ah, but like it's it's sold out. Like I can't see it. Well, well, listeners, there's the NT Live, and so they're yes. doing it in the UK and Ireland. But also there is going to be an international showing. Um, on <gasps> September twenty first, yes. Um, I don't know if it'll be in Australia, but I know in America. <laughs> in America, it'll be see. You can see it on September twenty first. They'll have to do it in Australia because Simon Stone is an Australian director. Well, that would then. just be a real kick in the teeth <laughs> if they don't. Okay, so let's. Okay, so let's. Yeah, back back to focus. Show. But but we will both say right now. Yeah, NT Live. Look that up. I think it's actually. Yeah. I think they're playing it either this week or next week, even. This um, week. This week is for UK and Ireland. Um, and then. Next... Oh, so this is actually going to come out after. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Sorry, but folks. There's, but they'll probably but bring was... it back. They usually bring stuff back with NT Live that's, exactly. that's successful. So I think you will have more chances to see it now that it's been recorded. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so. Yeah, let's, so let's get back into this. Let's get back into it. Um, I almost want to start from. Uh, sorry. I, I really catch you. I want to start um, with the sound design and the set design because yeah, I'm not gonna start there. Was I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not usually the person who pays too much attention to set. Yeah, I'm usually the one that's a bit obsessed with the tech yeah, stuff. Yeah, I I, lo- I love text stuff. I will I will break yeah. it down. I love the acting, and it's not that I don't love set. I just I don't know as much about it and. You know what I mean? Like no, no, do I? But I think we we also just have different ways of watching theater. Like you, yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. you were very text focused because you because you're a writer, I yeah, guess. Yeah, exactly. You're very text focused, but I love um design. Exactly. I'm terrible so at it. Like, I would never be never claim to be a designer. Shush. But no, 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 really. <laughs> but, but um, I I love seeing and experiencing a good design. Exactly. Whereas, and so we have sort of different ways of viewing it. Like you mm-hmm. said, this I thought was one of the coolest set designs it was so that I've ever cool. seen. Um, the way that it's sort of set up is essentially you start off in black mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and you hear this it's almost like a 
I don't, they almost sound like Celtic hymns to me. I don't know what they were. Yeah, some, some sort of, sort of like, hymn is, I think, a good word. Like, like a choir. Like um, these, like, women singing. Um, very kind yeah, of... Yeah, women's voices, I think, is important to yeah. know. Yeah. And so, and then it lights up. And you see Yerma and... Or I would say she's called her in this production. Yes. Um, and her husband, John, are basically, like, in this glass box. Mm-hmm. And I actually thought... Um, because it's very reflective, this box. You can, even if um, Billy Piper's turned away from you, you can see her expressions in the opposite wall. Yes. And so I actually thought, for a second, I thought that they were mirrors. And I thought that um, we were actually watching ourselves watch her at the same time. That's not the case, though. There's two audiences, essentially. So you have, like, one audience is, like, on the left side, one audience on the right side. So you're watching other people watch her. You know what's embarrassing? I, it took me way longer than a second to figure that out. It, took it was, me, like, like halfway through the show. I was like, oh, my God, there's actually other people on that yeah. side. Because I think I was quite high up and, like, kind of in the corner as well. Yeah, so, same, same picture. Yeah, the angle was a bit funny. And it just it took me so long to click that there was people on the other side. And I think that is testament to the incredibly well done direction and and Mm -hmm. we'll talk about this a bit more later but the incredibly well done direction the fact that I felt like the whole show was being played to me Mm. to my side of the stage Mm. when it was actually being played to both sides of the stage that's insane doesn't that just sound like a beautiful metaphor somewhere (laughs) just like ah that's juicy no it was so good and so that idea of you not only are watching the show but you're watching other people watch the show and it's all about almost like societal perceptions of this woman yeah totally. it was so good just the fact that they're in this glass glass almost cage i want to say because she kind of does end up being trapped in this i I mean i don't want to say it's a cage of her own making but it's a cage of her own uh unfulfilled desires Mm -hmm. you know so um it works so well for that as well and on top of that they have because they're in a glass box essentially they have um these microphones um but apart from just being away so we can actually hear them, they created this very sort of like echoey. Yeah. And this very unnerving quality to their to their Absolutely. voices, um, which I really liked. Um, my favorite part about the entire set, though, was uh-huh. that um, because this, this story moves like in chapters. There's like chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. I think it goes to like chapter four, chapter five. Mm-hmm. Um, and Maybe there's even six. A, I think there's quite a few chapters, yeah. yeah. And at least there's at least sort of like... There's three different sets, and then there's, like, one extra set, which I'm going to talk about in a second. Or like, <laughs> um, and almost all of them are completely barren in some way. Mm-hmm. They're either inside the apartment or it's just carpet, and that's it. And it's, like, a really dusty, dry sort of carpet and just looks sort of desolate. And, then, and they kind of set that up at the beginning because they've just moved into exactly, this house. Exactly, just moved so in. They but, haven't unpacked at all. But it sort of stays like that. Yeah, uh, over the years over it the years, doesn't, doesn't it, yeah. get – there's you don't doesn't see any furniture. doesn't get filled with anything, yeah. Until a moment, and then I'll talk yeah, about it. Yeah. Um, and um, and then there's like another one where it's just like uh, the outside, and she's trying to garden, and she plants this tree, but again, it's just this one tree, and then the tree dies, and again, it's barren. And then you have this festival scene where it's just dirt and mud, and and basically, I it's just it's desolate. That's the only yeah. way that the entire time, except <laughs> for this one scene in which um, she is, we don't know this, We you just sort of lights down, lights up, and you see there's been a complete and utter set change. There's a kitchen now, there's a couch, there's like, an, it actually looks like a furnished apartment, mm-hmm. and you see her walking around holding a child, mm-hmm. and she's playing with a child, and it's a real baby on stage. It's a real baby on stage. I lost Can we just talk mind? for a second about how cute that baby was? What an actor as well. Then, <laughs> so calm. And I gotta say that, even just that was so clever. The decision mm-hmm. to actually, at some point, we should have a real, real baby, baby on stage. That is so clever because everyone in the audience went, like, men and women just went, oh. And you and it gives you, for a second, it gives you the thing, That's what a she taste wants. of what she wants. And it feels because so you also real. want it. Like, yeah, I, you're just looking at that baby going, I want to give it a cuddle. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. And the, I swear the whole audience went, like, everyone went, oh. Exactly. And so just because also I think because of the novelty of seeing a real baby on stage, you don't expect it. And then when you do see it, you're like, oh, my God, that's so great. And then it goes away. It goes away. <laughs> and that's the genius of it because you really, I thought at the first second, I was like, oh, my gosh, she ends up having her baby. How great. I, w- I knew it was going to get worse from there, but I was like, oh, yay, moment of happiness. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was maybe potentially her child. And then 
And this that scene maybe lasts maybe like five seconds. I thought it was maybe a, a dream because oh, because yeah, yeah. It, it was it seemed so unlikely that she she was going to have a baby. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, it's a dream. That's so sad. But, but then it was almost even it was worse. worse because like lights down, set goes away, lights up, and she's giving the child back to her sister. So it's really her her mm-hmm. niece or her nephew. Yeah. Um, and the rest of the play. You don't is, see a baby again. You don't see a baby again, and and it's not furnished anymore. Mm. So it to me, it was just the, it was this epitome of like, when she has this child, her life is full. When she has this child, yeah. her life is colored. When she her literally like she has everything she needs, and we see it. Yeah. When she has this child, and then you recognize the absence, what the absence of the child, literally does to her, um, on a visual scale. It was. I think I will, like, remember that image for, like, the rest of my life. Wow, that's been cool. (laughs) It messed me up so much. (laughs) Honestly, my heart shattered in a thousand different pieces. We should say the design is by Lizzie Clacken. Clacken, I think you say her name. Um, Or maybe Clawken, actually. Mm. Um, Because, yeah, oh my... God, it was good. And also, just just quickly on that note, just just on a technical side of things, um, there were some times where the lights would go down for um, you know maybe like thirty seconds, mm. and they come back, and the whole like like you so said, like like changed. the biggest instance of that was when the apartment was fully furnished, and then it went from that to kind of um, I think the garden set, which was literally just grass and then a single tree. Mm. I mean, props to the stage managers for, for doing that. There's a set that with mud on it. And yeah. Rain, and I just, like, yeah. There was rain, yeah. That yeah. was cool. It was, I don't know, like, it was so simple and so refined, yet so, like, I, just as a theatre maker, I was like, how did they do that? Yeah, it that was, was really so fast. cool. And then to go, okay, so to continue on, like, with the sound design itself. Oh, yeah, which um, we should say is by um, music and sound by St- Stephen Gregory. Oh, so good. <sighs> I want to talk about this for a second yeah, yeah. because... because if for you it was the set, for me it was the sound. No, the sound yeah. affected me just as much. And as actually, the set. my favorite part about the set was not—I mean, the the whole thing was incredible. Mm. But the simple thing of having the TV screens, um, telling us how long you know it had mm. been since the last moment we'd seen, I, which I, I'm not even sure if you'd call that part of the set. I mean, I guess you would call it part of the set. Part of the what's, design. What's in? Yeah, part of the design. I think what's interesting is you you've seen that before in theater, like mm. like heaps. It's 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 everywhere. Um, having a, a a screen or something that's kind of telling you what's going on, and it's a really good way to do that. Mm. Um, but what I thought was really incredible about its use in this play was how much it set the tension of the play. Yeah. And I think yeah, I already have sort of said, but just just the way it um the lights would go down first of all I just thought the, the, the moments where the lights went down and up were all perfectly timed so good perfectly chosen and then I just thought the way it ramped up your anxiety and tension about what you were seeing and the way it did it did keep going another year another year two years six months and you were just going, oh my <gasps> god she can't end? still not be pregnant like you yeah, just yeah. felt so sick to your stomach every time another two years flashed up on the screen mm. and that combined with the amazing sound oh it's so good which is all you could so in these scene changes the whole room was black all you could hear was this incredible sound design and and you get this this flash of what's going on and i want to talk about one particular moment in terms of that it's you can feel that it's getting to the point where she's really on a knife's edge, like like she's just losing it. She's she's going through IVF. The hormones are really um really affecting her. You can see that her marriage is incredibly strained at this stage, mm-hmm. and then um the lights went down and the screen just said descent, and, and I was like, like oh my god, what yeah. are we about to witness? And then. She, we just saw her lose the fucking plot. And, mm. oh, God, I swear. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we did. We, she just lost the plot. And, we, and and it was. She just... It was descent. She, it was... That was the perfect word. It just made you go, oh, no. And then you just you just saw her literally just descend into despair and uh, madness. And, and it was so great. It was just such a fantastic use of that technology mm. and... Oh, I just, I really, really appreciated and on top it. I of thought that, it was brilliant. On top of that, so you had those screens sort of, like, guiding you through the timeline, and then 
I want to talk about the sounds because that's like really the only yes. time where they utilize music and, and everything like that yeah. was in those transition moments. And you start off again, like these very beautiful choral hymns, like these women's voices singing and, and it's like a little unnerving as I think all <laughs> hymns <laughs> kind of can be. be. Yeah. <laughs> it feels, um, very religious and very just sort of like otherworldly, right? Otherworldly, so, I think, is a good yeah. Because they're not just, singing in English, so exactly. And, and, yeah, and so it's just it, it's unnerving but beautiful, and you want to keep listening to it. Mm. And then, as it progresses, you can definitely, depending on the scene, it just gets like the singing is again still beautiful, but it gets more and more chaotic and more and more unnerving. Yeah. And then there's certain moments where it's not necessarily women's voices. You just hear these clashing of instruments mm-hmm. and you don't see anything because it's completely black. All you see is like, for instance, chapter six descends and you just hear noise, 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 noise. And I felt like, I was like, this is what it is like inside her mind. Like yes. literally the set, this sound is like what she is hearing over yeah, and over just again. chaos yeah it's yeah. just oh and there was one oh my gosh i don't remember <laughs> whew, it oh it made me feel some sort of way i was like ah. <laughs> i was so scared and i was also just like so um uh affected i don't remember before what scene it was but there was this it was like this choral kind of like these women's voices going Yes! Oh my God! And it, yes! And that I was so chills, good. chills up because it oh. literally sounded like mama, mama, oh. mama, mama, and I was like, but it also was so tense. Oh. It was so tense, and it was honestly I wow. Stephen Gregory, right just applause just to you alone, my friend. That was just an incredible sound design. Honestly, that oh. even though nothing again, you don't see anything on stage, I, and I don't, I can't even tell you like what scene it came after, what scene or it came before. <laughs> like I honestly thought I was about to cry yeah. when I when that specific. Oh man. Anyway, I think so, he's an Aussie too. By the way, shout out to him. Look at all these some good Aussies working on the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. Should we talk about acting? Yeah, we need I think to talk we about should. it. Before we get on to Billy Piper, because I feel like we're going to spend a lot of time on her, mm. just shout out to the whole cast. They My were gosh, so, good. so good. As an ensemble, individually, there was no weak link. There was no. no they, they were so strong. I think, obviously, Billy Piper was, was sort of in a league of her own, but not, that's not to say that the rest weren't amazing. It's just that she is the main character she's in this show. She's on stage basically the entire time. Yeah. So for like one or two scenes. And then... Like, and and you and I, I suppose like as the audience you kind of are taken on the ride with her. She's the mm. one you, you you are meant to feel for the most. But I also want to say, um, especially I think Brendan Cow who played um her husband John, mm-hmm. another Australian. <laughs> I apparently didn't realize. I can't believe you couldn't hear that 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 was his accent. I you you're friends think, with me. I, the thing is, like, he didn't sound like you. <laughs> yes, he did. He had such a clear Aussie accent. I don't. I thought he was just. Honestly, I'm typical American. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brendan. I I didn't realize you were Australian, and that was my my fault. You're a great actor. <laughs> so I wanted to say, yeah, that that's that's what I was gonna say. I I thought that um he was just so great, and together they were so great. Mm. And what I thought was really uh, exceptional about this show is that you could have so easily disliked this his character and yeah. if it was in, if it was done in another way you could he could have really been the villain of this production the husband that just doesn't care enough that isn't um around enough to um to give her this child that she yeah, wants or needs enough, who's yeah not and enough. that was just that just wasn't I just didn't think at any point that was the case I felt you so sympathized for both of them, as you were watching their relationship break down, mm-hmm. you were just sort of like, I don't know who to feel worse for. It's mm-hmm. just terrible for both of you. And I think that's really unique, um, not just on stage, but in television and in film and in all storytelling, to to tell the story of a relationship breakdown in a way where no one's um, at fault, really. It's just a breakdown of... Um, what you both want or mm-hmm. of um, communication or of, uh, I don't know, you know, all of the above, I suppose. Um, yeah, I think in I, this case yeah. they set it up really well right at the beginning with him not necessarily being against having kids but not necessarily desperately wanting them. And also, again, this makes really sympathise with him because at the beginning she doesn't, 
she's never really wanted them either. She's only just decided that she does. And they've sort of just bought a house together. And I did think to myself, oh, it's a bit weird that, like, they've just bought this house together. They're clearly both in their, like, almost mid-30s. And they've just started talking about kids. Okay, so she's decided quite late that she wants kids. And you sort of get that he feels like it's been sprung on him a little bit. Mm. Because, you know, they've literally just committed to to, have, to buying this house together. And, and, and half, partly through they get married. And so they committed to each other. But um, she does sort of decide without him a little bit that she wants a baby. And then, um, and then he does say, yeah, great, let's do it. But they just... I mean, I think all that ends up happening really at the end of the day is they just end up going down two different paths. He yeah. goes down the path of going, well, this is something that I, I would have liked, but if it doesn't work out, I still want to spend my life with you and I think mm. we can have a happy life together. And she goes down the path of, I can't be happy without this. Mm-hmm. And you, your heart breaks for her, but it breaks for him because he's kind of going, well, I still want you. I still want us to, yeah. us to be together. And, and I think I can still be happy with just you. And she's sort of going, well, I can't mm-hmm. anymore. And oh, it was just so mm-hmm. devastating for both of them. And I thought that, yeah, Brendan Cowell, I thought, you thought he did a fantastic job at really making you... Both of them, I think, at times you kind of got frustrated with or thought they were being this or that mm-hmm. or the other thing. But then also both of them, for the most part, you just really felt for them. And I thought that that was so real They're and so human. In their, own, in their own ways. Yeah, like neither of them were perfect or flawless by any means as characters, but they also weren't bad people. Mm. They they were just kind of, uh, Which in, is in many ways, in a situation like, yeah. outside of their control. And just what great writing, what great no, acting to, say, to, get, like, to get you to that point where you just feel so strongly for both of them. Exactly. Because wow. I was about to be like, that is the mark of like amazing writing where you just see a human being and they're not explicitly a character, good or explicitly yeah. bad. They are just human. And then again, yeah. a mark of a good actor to recognize that within the writing. There was a moment that he had, like it was one of his last monologues where he basically just sort of went on rambling and trying to understand like where they went and he's like I've been trying I've been trying and you did this and he's but the way that he did it was almost monotone and it was like the same sort of like the entire time yeah where he's and it honestly is like one of those moments where you're just so tired and you're just starting to ramble and you're trying to work it out for yourself and you're so sad and, and you realize these are kind of all the thoughts he's been having over the exactly. past few years that have been building up exactly and, yeah. it was one of those monologues that I felt like I don't know, that I definitely know that, like, some people in my old drama school would, like, take, and then they'd make it, like, you know what I mean? Because it's such a good model, like, they would take, but then they'd make it, like, da-da-da-da-da, and, like, yeah. I'm da-da-da-da, and, like, very, like, very, very, like, dramatic. I wish you guys could have seen Megan's face if she did that. Very, like, <laughs> dramatic and, like, have all these levels and, like, do all these mm-hmm. things because there's so much in there. And to do the exact opposite of it, just literally being, like, one note and... It, it was so powerful and so quiet and you just were like, I'm so sorry for what yeah. what's happened. You, for what's happened. Yeah. Um and it's neither of your faults, but I'm I just will say so this, sorry. there was some and and oh yeah, this is what I thought was so clever about this production. It wasn't any individual's fault. But I did come away thinking collectively mm. her friends and family hadn't done enough. When she started getting really sick, like 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 when 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 she's clearly on a really dark path in terms mm-hmm. of like seriously depressed, like the IVF hormones have clearly um like ravaged her. Even before that, though, yeah. she says some things, and she says them in the presence of of her friends and her family, family. sister, and her sister and her mom. They they're prominent characters in this piece, and and I did feel there were times where she sort of, especially her sister. And and this is the thing, her sister, you know, there was, there was this beautiful moment where her sister does kind of get a glimpse at how much pain she's in and, and she just hugs her and she says, I, I didn't realise how bad it had mm-hmm. got. But then, even then after that, sort of, no one quite does enough mm-hmm. to save her. And what I thought was amazing about that was it wasn't, it wasn't anyone's fault, but I did think it said something about our failing as a whole society when it comes to mental illness mm-hmm. like everyone's little failings when they see someone struggling and they they don't know what to do about it because we haven't got enough systems in place or clear paths to take when mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you see someone in that situation mm-hmm. and i just thought that that was really incredible as well like yes no individual was the villain of this piece no one was yeah 
like I said, at fault. But I did think they all should have done more, you know? Yeah. And I think that that is really that, – that was part of what was so painful watching watching – about watching her go through this is she was clearly in agony and you were just going, oh, my God, just someone make it stop. Someone help her. And, the, like, the saddest part is, is that you can definitely see John attempt. I mean, he gets her a therapist. And that's he what I mean. And they all, they all try. And... Her sister tries. Her mum tries. I'm, I, I, her friend takes her to this music festival to try and cheer her up. Like, you can mm. see that was the thing. No one was uh, unaware that she was going through a hard time no one was ignorant no one wasn't trying but it still wasn't enough and Mm. I think again it says something a a lot about just kind of a collective Mm. failing Mm. in our world right now um yeah I agree it just and it also um I was gonna say I thought one of oh did I lose my train of thought Mm. (laughs) (laughs) oh I thought it was um I mean one of the kind of one of the most heartbreaking parts of this is you see her try so desperately to have a child and then she's surrounded by women who don't necessarily want them. You have her sister who has multiple children but has never, feels almost burdened by them. Her mother never held her as a child and literally says to her, like, she I didn't is, want a child. No, she, she literally says, when I, I wanted to kill myself when I found out I was pregnant with you. And she says it so flippantly. Yeah. And so just like, well, duh. And then she has um, this very young colleague who's like 21 and just sort of sleeping around and has no... And uh, like makes, no it, makes, interesting. It, makes a comment about having to like go get like Plan B. You know what I mean? Like all this sorts of stuff. Do you mean the morning after pill? Yeah. Is that what you guys call it yeah. in America? We call it both, but yeah, so, yeah. Okay. Think, yeah, because I I knew what you meant because I remember her yeah, saying like morning, it, but yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, like the morning after pill. Right, right, right. And so, uh, it just so not only is is she haunted by, um. Because she has, she had an abortion like at um at twenty three. Yeah. Yeah, so she, that's right. So yeah. She's haunted by that. Um, by that, and then she's also, um, sort of frustrated. As she's haunted by the fact that her mother never actually expressed any sort of motherly affection towards her at any part of her child or adult life, and mm. sort of that desperation to feel some sort of connection, motherly um, affection towards anything. Yeah. Um. So it's like a it's a failing of 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 parenting. Um, it's a failing of, of probably, um, I don't know, looking into maybe like how she could have handled like the abortion, like that sort of cropping up at the very end and potentially needing to get help for that because she never talks about it. Yeah. She never talks about it until she said, oh, and then there's also, she runs a blog where she basically documents this entire process. Yeah. And that's almost a form of therapy, but what a toxic form of therapy because then you have people who are commenting and, and being like, oh, I hope you never get pregnant and all this sorts of stuff. And, mm-hmm. and so, mm-hmm. yeah. And just... that really takes a toll on her marriage as well because she's kind of airing their dirty laundry very publicly and her husband Which feels very so, like... uncomfortable about it, as, as you would. Mm-hmm. And, and, um... But that's so like topical, I feel like, today. I think yeah, totally. So... And so there's uh, it's just like genius on Simon Stone's part to literally take all of these like contemporary relevant issues mm-hmm. that have their basis in obviously the original play, but it, make, it makes it seem, seem so... Contemporary, yeah. Like, I feel like that could have happened to like anyone I know. And I that think was the thing about watching that's it. That's the scariest that thing. That was the thing. That, like, you were going, this could be me. Because This could not... be my sister. This could be my friend. Exactly. This could be any woman I know because in 10 years' time. she's not crazy time. in the beginning. She's, she's not. And, she's... and that was so cleverly done as well. You you, fo- you do you just literally her follow descent. her descent. It's not, it's not, um, you know, it's not like one minute she wakes up and, oh, she desperately wants a baby and so much that she kills herself it's it's no, you know this happens over years almost a decade yeah almost and, a decade and, and so by the time she gets to that point you really believe it you mm-hmm. so strongly believe how she has got to this you believe stage. it but you're also shocked by it because i definitely yeah. found moments where i was like where you'd see instances and you know she's still holding out hope no but she'll be fine and then yeah. and then she's not She's so not fine. She's yeah. not. And and you were expecting it. And like I said, I was literally on the edge of my seat, like terrified for the last third of it. Um, but I was still completely shocked about I was like, How did we get here? And they asked and the and the husband asked that multiple times, How did this happen? How yeah. did we get here? We're even though you see it, 
happening and you're watching it occur and you see all the little moments where you're like, why isn't someone saying anything? Why isn't someone <laughs> doing anything? And yet you're still so surprised at the very end. You know what's just occurred to me as well, so which is also so clever about this play, is that, like I said, Simon Stone, like, he took the um, external societal pressure to have a child and made it internal for her character. But I also that I feel like that he also flipped that pressure and just made it something different. So it wasn't the pressure to have a child. It was the pressure to be okay about not having a child. Mm. I thought that was really interesting. Like, 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 because they, like, you've just reminded me of it. She says, I'm fine. Mm. Like to people over and over again throughout this production or, or you know, a variation of I'm fine. Mm. Really? I'm okay. And, and there is this pressure on her to be fine, for it mm. to be okay. And mm. for her to just push down that want to have a child because it's not, you know, it's not feminist enough or, or it's not modern mm. modern enough or whatever it is or she should just be happy with her career or whatever it is. Mm. Um, that that external pressure and, and on a large level that just that external pressure just to be okay, you know, and again, that I feel like that was a real comment on mental illness mm-hmm. in our society. Um, oh, that's just so smart. That's just so Honestly, clever. I feel like we could oh just my talk God. about the actual... Like, we haven't even talked about Billy Piper the yet. The themes. I, I, we just got to talk about it. So because much. here's the thing. Okay, we got to... We'll talk more about this after. <laughs> we got to stick to a schedule. Um, yeah, I want to say, just again, reiterate, the entire cast was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just was astonished by each and every single person on the stage um again no weak links um and absolutely let's talk about baby Piper, but let's talk let, about let's talk about this woman <laughs> wow wow honestly wow. like captivating um it she just she was she was this character you know what i mean i feel like yep. sometimes Completely. you watch shows and even if if the person's like a really good actor there's always still something inherently a little actory about it you know what especially if they're famous because there's something because mm. billy pa- billy piper's quite famous mm. i'm actually a massive doctor who mm-hmm. fan so like i was like oh my god it's billy piper from doctor who this is mm-hmm. so cool and i think a lot of people um would would be thinking the same thing yeah, yeah. um from whatever they've seen her in in the past so there is part of there is a weird thing when you see an actor that's quite famous yeah, on stage. Her, like, you can't, bombs. yeah, you can't mm-hmm. kind of um, think of them as their character. You're like, oh, that's um, that's that's Daniel Radcliffe mm-hmm. on stage. That's mm-hmm. that's not who whichever character he's playing. It's just Daniel Radcliffe. Mm-hmm. And I, I swear to God, I saw Billy Piper for like a second, mm-hmm. and then. I just saw Yerma for the rest of it. Like, like yeah. she wasn't. Well, she... it was that. It's that. It's that idea of like celebrity, where sometimes you can't like distract from like who the actor is. Yeah. But also, for me personally, like sometimes like I'll watch productions, and even if like it is a very professional production, et cetera, et cetera, there is still always something like very performative or actory about it that. Um, and and some, you know what I mean. And some productions like, go for that, and sometimes it works, but sometimes. No, and, but, and, and yeah, I want to say that yeah, some productions do intentionally do that, and I think you could really see here they had really intentionally worked on it being just realistic, like, like, uh, the most realistic performances you could see. Whereas sometimes I do th- see naturalistic stuff, and the acting itself is not naturalistic. Ah, uh, yes, I see what you mean. But it was there was an attempt to you know like that's because they don't nail it. They just it, don't well, nail it. They're like too they almost like self aware. Yeah. Um, aware of like what their bodies are doing. It actually reminded me of I had this thought at the very end because it reminded me actually of um Andrew Scott's Hamlet. Oh. Um, because he took Shakespeare, right, and mm-hmm. made it seem so colloquial and so Yeah, yeah, easy. absolutely. And so and so I first I was like, um, you guys should do a play together. <laughs> Because that'd be amazing. Co-directed by uh, Robert Icke and Simon Stone. Oh my god, god that'd be so good. <laughs> uh, let's make it happen. Start a petition. Um, I don't know. Maybe they could do... I don't know what they could do. <laughs> they could do anything they wanted. Um, so, there just there was such an ease and a naturalness of it that you didn't see actor. You didn't see um, character on stage. Yeah. You just saw... A human being. And yeah. I know that's such a simple thing to say. Um, and but that's, my God, it's hard to do in it's theater. It's so hard. It's so hard to do, I think, just in general yeah. as, as an actor. And I just was floored 
but all of the just like the nuances of every single moment the way that she would um kind of walk as if like um a trapped lioness in a cage sometimes like I remember there was a <laughs> yeah. scene where she was like talking I think to her mother or no 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 it was when she was actually talking to her ex-boyfriend and she's sort of like in the corner and he's on the other side of the stage and she's sort of moving back and forth along the edges of the walls and this you just feel like she's like trapped in the way mm. that uh it just little things like that which are we just we behave like that as human beings like it was such a, a sort of study and not only i think obviously like vocal whatever but also just like um body language yeah and 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 uh, i want to talk about her facial expressions for a minute she has this way of and this comes back to the whole thing of her character always kind of having to pretend she was okay or mm-hmm. more okay than she was she has this, I mean, I mean, she just has this incredible face where you just see everything on mm. it. She just is so unbelievably expressive open. and open. Yeah. And, and so she had this, just this way of sort of doing this kind of half smile that didn't mm. just didn't reach her eyes. So she was sort of smiling and saying, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, mm. I'm fine. But she just, and she, you know, she's got those huge eyes and mm. she, her eyes just looked so sad for mm-hmm. so much of this production and it just floored you you know every time she really looked out at the audience and you just kind of saw that mm. that face and she just kind of let you glimpse that the only time she seemed oh, genuinely happy wow. was when she was holding that baby yeah oh my god i just it's almost it's almost one of those performances where you can't even like talk about it cuz it just is so i just am like rendered speechless you yeah. know what i mean yeah um Peerless. It's so. The final scene. So good. Let's talk about that for a second. My. Ooh. Both of them. Ooh. Like we were saying, like Brendan Cow as well. Um, the. This this scene is essentially like it's the it's the big confrontation, where like you said he has that amazing monologue about mm. um, kind of what's gone wrong here. I've been trying to do this. I've been trying to. You've done this. You've done this to mm. us, and um. Uh, she and he and he's just told her he's leaving her. He's moving mm. out. And she's just come back from being at this music festival with her friend. And, and that that's the scene of um, descent that we were talking mm-hmm. about. And you see her, um, she's she's drunk, she's high, she's absolutely she losing she it. Sees, she thinks that she sees her ex-boyfriend and it's not him. She thinks she sees her, her husband, husband and or it's not her him. And... She throws up because she's clearly um, had either too much to drink or too many drugs or whatever it is. Um, and, and she's just completely off the rails. She's mm. just, she's just lost it. And so then what this scene happens directly after that, where she, she comes home from this music festival where she hasn't, she hasn't told him he, where she's going. So he, she's just been missing for a few days, essentially. She comes in, she's in this wet, muddy dress. She looks, well, she looks like you do after you've been to a music festival. She looks physically just wrecked she's Mm. so exhausted she kind of almost crawls in and he's so angry and upset with her for just kind of disappearing for a few days Mm. and not not telling anyone where and and he kind of gives this monologue and she just kind of just kind of curls up in a ball on the floor because she first she says to him i just need to go to bed i'm I'm Mm. really tired and he says well the bed's not here like the furniture's gone because because i'm leaving we Mm. have to sell the house and um and she she just she just curls up in a ball on the floor and then and then uh, it gets to the stage where again i guess when he's explaining to her he's leaving she just it's just the final straw and she can't deal with what's happened to her life anymore and um and yeah she she pulls a knife on him and then and and oh my god it was just so it was scary. It was scary. It was, it was terrifying. A, it was terrifying. I, I was and the so scared for him, and he was going. She's just screaming at him, "Get out! Get out! Get out!" And he's going, "I will! I will! I will!" And he's he's sort of cowering because, you know, because his wife's pulled a knife on him, and and you're so scared for him, and you're so scared for her, and then he leaves, and again, massive spoilers, everyone. But he leaves. Lights go down. Lights come up, and she's stabbed herself in the stomach. The stomach. Um, and, and, and you see this graphic image of her, uh, the knife going in and, and like blood just starting to go everywhere. And then you just see her lying on the floor, just sort of 
I think she's talking to John. He's left. He's not mm. there anymore. Obviously, because he's gone by the time she she stabs herself. But she sort of she says something. She says something like, "Oh, John, I." And she's just sort of muttering, mm. and it's kind of... Um, uh, see, I thought that she was talking actually to her children. See... To her hypothetical children, because she was like, maybe I'll be with them. Maybe yeah. I will... Yeah, but I thought she was saying it to John. Mm. It, even though he wasn't there anymore, but, you know, she's sort of like, oh... Because, you know what, I did. I, I went and looked at the script Oh, after. did you? <laughs> yeah, because I bought it, and she said something along... Uh, I probably the, didn't hear it then. Yeah, she said something along the lines of... No, no, because no, I didn't... In When I watched it, she was just kind of muttering, kind of incomprehensibly, which I thought... I heard her say John, but that's all I heard. Mm. But I thought that was, like, so powerful in and of itself. But then I was really curious about what she said, so I read it in the script, and she says something along the lines of, oh, John, I think I did something stupid. And then she talks about, oh, but I don't have to wait for Mm. my son or my daughter to come to me anymore. Like, maybe I'm going Mm. to them. Oh, Oh, my God. And I read this on the tube home after just seeing seeing this show, and I, I almost just wept there on the tube. It was... Oh, just what a script, what a performance, what a show. What a show. Like, we honestly, I feel like we could talk about this show for, like, actually centuries, but... Let's, maybe let's we have to wrap it up. Yeah. Because we, <laughs> we will keep going otherwise. I feel like I don't even have to ask you this question, but I'm going to anyway. <laughs> what do you recommend? Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. A thousand times, yes. Absolutely try and go see it at NT Live. Yeah. Just, just... Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> you won't regret it. Yeah. Um, I will say it utilizes, you know, obviously, uh, obviously there's violence, um, pretty like graphic um, display of violence at that. Um, there's um, some strobe lights. Um, like, so yeah, just like be aware that there's like some things like that and you can look that all on the website if that yeah. happens to bother you on any level. But, yeah. um, but amazing yeah. show. Absolutely try and Highly see it in live. And if they ever bring it so, back, yeah, yeah, definitely get September definitely 21st, I know they're doing international. Um, Good to know, yeah. So, yeah, just keep it in your calendars. <laughs> I think I'm going to go to the NT Live that's tomorrow night as well. Because, yeah, I just, yeah. Have to, I just have to see it again. <laughs> 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 All right. All right. Thanks for listening, guys, as usual. Um, to finish up, if you've enjoyed and if you have any comments or questions, uh, please email us at alwaysacritic100 at gmail.com or um, hit us up on Facebook at alwaysacriticpodcast or Twitter at, at alwaysacritics. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, make sure you stay tuned for more episodes. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. Always a Critic is produced by Megan Mulgrew and myself. Our sound designer is Will Thompson and our artwork is by Ella Gaskus. We'd like to thank the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama for making this podcast possible.